Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's a cat over here. There's a cat over there. And the wrong one died. And the wrong one died. Welcome to The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have another amazing guest. She played Joey Lorem in 2018 on the Royal Caribbean cruise line, Oasis of the Sea. So welcome, Jackie Good, and thank you for joining me. Thank you. This is exciting. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. I love talking to Joey's because usually Joey's agree with my thesis. So I'm hopeful that I'm going to get a Gus answer today when we get to that part. But before we get to... <laughs> Gus, the jellical choice and everything else. I always love to start with your cat's history. So take me back pre-getting on the boat, pre-signing this contract, pre-going on as Jelly. What was the first time you experienced the show and what were your thoughts? Sure. Okay. So when I was about 10 or 11, so this would have been 96, 97, I saw cats on the national tour in Binghamton, New York. Um, And (laughs) I was enthralled, but thoroughly confused. I kept asking my mom, I was like, what is this? What is happening? I mean, I love this. The music is awesome. But like, what is this cat? Who is this person? Explain it to me. And she was like, honey, I, I don't I don't know. I, I have no idea. Like, it's it's cats dancing around like I, I got nothing. Um, <laughs> so I listened to the cast album ad nauseum over and over and over again, trying to put the pieces together and figure out this show. Um, And, you know, I could only guess. Um, But I was really, really into it. Um, I watched the 98 film, uh, loved it, you know, wore out the tape. Um, And I even, (laughs) um, in seventh grade English, we had to uh, memorize a poem and then perform it recite it in front of the cast or the class rather and uh i cheated a little bit and did the naming of cats and i did it word perfect i was so excited and you know performed it and my teacher loved it gave me an a and i was you know totally cheating because i just knew the poem already and i just loved it so much uh sorry mrs grantier <laughs> i love it um so yeah 
<laughs> and um, yeah, so then I, middle school ended, high school came, I got into different musicals. Um, I learned more about other things and kind of moved on. And by college, I was thoroughly embarrassed and never admitted to anyone that I liked cats. Um, and then uh, I had one of my closest friends was in the national tour um, and several other regional productions. Um, and I went to see her a few times to support. Um, and uh, when she announced her retirement, um, she was also uh, a jelly. Um, and uh, she announced her retirement from Cats. And <laughs> I was actually quite thrilled and uh, relieved because I was like, okay, well, I don't have to see Cats anymore. Because <laughs> um, by that time, you know, I was like, eh, it's kind of cheesy. You know, you know, the dancing is great, but uh, whatever. Um, so then um, uh, fast forward to auditioning life. Um, I auditioned for a different um, theater um, and the casting director basically said like, oh, well, not for this one, but I want you to come in for Cats next week. And I was like, uh, 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 I don't know if I want to do Cats on a cruise ship, but okay. Um, and my first audition did not go well at all. Um, it was the aria um, in the Growl Tiger portion, and I just botched the Italian. I hadn't prepared enough, um, and they thank you'd me out of the room. They said, okay, you know. Yeah. Um, so the next time around, um, I saw that they were taking appointments, and I submitted, thinking, eh, whatever, like, what can it hurt? Um, so they brought me in again. And the day of the audition, I was in a terrible mood. I had just gotten over a cold. I was, I didn't want to be there. It was the end of audition season. It was mid-May. Auditions had not gone well for me. Um, lots of callbacks, but no job. Um, so I was just, I just felt not really into it. Um, and so I, I went into the room. I sang the Italian, which had meritated for several months by that point. Um, and they asked me to sing Gus. And I was like, oh, uh, you're, not, you're not sending me out of the room? Okay, I'm still here. All right. <laughs> and uh, then they said, this is great. Um, can you sing the pop song from the other production show, which um, was called Come Fly With Me? And I actually, I got into it about 10 seconds and I cracked <laughs> and I stopped like vocally went like, uh, and I stopped. I was like, no, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. We're going to try that again. I'm just getting over a cold. Let's go. And they laughed and I was shocked. I sang it. I sang it well. And then they called me back. And then, you know, a couple weeks later, I got the job. And by that point, I was excited. And yeah, and I was I was thrilled. I love the the journey <laughs> that you got to take of like obsessed as a kid, <laughs> loved it, embarrassed yeah. by it as a teenager, college student, had a friend in it, kind of were a little iffy on it because it was like you still hadn't really got in. Did you then, I guess this is maybe jumping ahead, but now it seems like everyone who's been in it is indoctrinated into this like family and you, you become obsessed. Like, are you full circle? Like, are you back to the, the child you of now where you're like, oh, I get it. I'm obsessed with this still. 
Absolutely. Yes, I I am fully, fully ingrained, fully into it. I loved it. It was probably my favorite show that I've done to date. And I've done quite a few at this point. But that was, I was in it and I was like, this is where I should be. Um, I actually... We started music rehearsal, day one of, of Cat's rehearsal, and I opened the score and we started learning the music. And I was like, oh, my God, I know every single note. Like, I don't I don't need to do any studying. I know every single word. I know every single note. Like, great. Done. Perfect. That is, that's awesome. <laughs> it was all still in there. Yeah. You're seven, <laughs> see, your seventh grade teacher coming back to her being like, I this was this was practicing for for life this is a uh, truly yes. setting you up for your future 100 percent. i, I want to shift to the boat because i've been fascinated by sure. the evolution of the boat i mean it's been going on for like it was like 15 years now i think it's a, something like that or somewhere in that range and it's changed now to a 90 minute version and i've talked to people who've done both sides of it and you're on the the full we're doing the full show what two almost i think two times during each cruise and it's kind of a strange thing because it's a group of people that aren't necessarily a theater goer where I've chosen to buy tickets or I've chosen to, to go to the theater and I know I'm going to see two acts versus it being one of many activities on a cruise to go. And I think that it's kind of a unique thing. I've heard some crazy stories about how, from even one of your castmates, about how there were people that just didn't come for the second act or just left or, you know, maybe come partway through. It's, it's not the same crowd. What was your experience like as you did, you know, your time on the boat? What was your kind of fan interaction of a show? Cause it is such a well-known show, but it is a show that is fairly split down the aisle. If people love it or hate it. Um, and you're on a, you're on a captive audience, but an audience that isn't necessarily a paying audience, which is very different. Yes, absolutely. That was our experience as well. We had people uh, hear Little Memory. That's the end of Act One and think, oh, well, she's saying memory. That's it. OK, on to the next thing. Like, let's go to the casino. <laughs> so, I mean, that was a little disheartening. I'm not going to lie. Um, but, uh, <laughs> You know, sometimes the houses were full, sometimes they weren't, but there was always someone to play with. So I didn't mind so much, you know, um, and especially like the second act, um, you know, we weren't in the audience as much as we were in the first act. So it didn't, f it was, you know, I'm of the opinion that, that like, if there's anyone in the audience, I'm going to give 100% of myself like just for that one person, just as I would for a house full of a thousand. So it, it you know, it was a bit um, awkward at times when you're trying to search for someone to play with and there's just no one in the seats. But especially as a cat, you had the excuse to just crawl into the aisle where anybody was sitting and just behave badly. It was great. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, there, there's such a unique piece. And I've now, because of this 
podcast, I've thought a lot more about cats than I've ever assumed I would think in my life. Um, and one thing on the boat version, I've thought a lot about after I talked to you know your your castmates, a couple people have done on the on the cruise, is, is that the the whole essence of what cats is 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 that the jellicles are letting you into their space, and you're lucky to be there. And this thing is happening with or without you. Like this is our night, this is our thing, and the audience, you're just we're just we're allowing you to see this. And so I do, as I hear you say that, like, as long as there's one person there, you're going for it. It kind of almost embraces the show, which is that if you are taking your character in the experience it's supposed to be, you're actually not singing for them. You're singing for your tribe and they're just lucky to be yes. there. And so it's kind of an interesting way to hear you say that. Cause it is, it's something that I've thought a little bit about the cruise where, especially in the pre 90 minute version where there was, I think more cases of people, the second act being less full, um, it, it, it almost kind of embodies a little bit of that, which is like, we're still doing this because this is our sacrifice and this is our, our cult tribe and our thing we're doing tonight. And you, whether it's a thousand people and everyone on the boat's coming to see it or the two of you over there are still seeing it, we're doing it. And I kind of love that. I love that as well. 100% totally. <laughs> One thing that's super fun for the, um, for the boat, it sounds like there's a lot more weird experiences. So do you have any fun, do you, do you remember any funny stories of different like crowd interactions or different things that happen just doing it on a cruise ship? Oh, well, oh, let me think about that. I mean, definitely doing it on a moving stage was interesting. <laughs> Sometimes you would leap in the air and the actual stage would move and you would not land where you intended to. Um, I remember our closing performance was the rockiest performance we had done. And it was just a trip. We were like, ooh. Um, you know, there was <laughs> one of the first performances that we as a cast had done. Um, there's a moment where all of us are standing on one leg um, and looking at Monk and a big wave hit. And I mean, as a cast member, I was experiencing it. But on the outside, I can only imagine seeing a stage full of cats just go whoosh <laughs> and lose their balance. I mean, we all every single one of us lost their balance. Um, I mean, eventually we got our sea legs, <laughs> but it took some time. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> there's a lot of that kind of stuff. The, the rake stage <laughs> is one, one thing I didn't know about as a non-performer that kind of mm -hmm. fascinated me. But, it, you know, a, a rake stage is nothing compared to a moving ship and like the actual stage moving within <laughs> waves. So, yeah, that is, I'm sure, took some time to get used to. And then figuring out where to like be safe and make your moves and not make moves and uh, took time to accommodate oh definitely and we did have two versions of the show where we had you know the 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 b option which uh mostly entailed the tire not rising to the heavy side layer it just stayed where it was um and we just shoved grizabella up to the heavy side layer with our arms as she smiled was that because of like <laughs> because of waves so like you had a b option yes. of when it was uh, it was basically unsafe to send her up yes wow yes. i never knew that that's kind of <laughs> crazy because it's so it is also a little like so contradictory of like oh we're gonna sacrifice this cat but we're because these are performers like we gotta worry about her safety here before she goes up on the, oh, yeah. on the tire oh absolutely and the tire 
the tire had a lot of technical issues by the time we got there it had been on the ship the ship for years so things were not as um spry as they as they once were um so we did have to do the alternate show a few times to accommodate the tire um sounds like they haven't fixed not only because of waves but (laughs) really yeah there's i've talked to a few uh one of the the 90 minute grays uh, a recent one i think maybe two groups ago Mm -hmm. and she got stuck and she got one time they crashed her and so it sounds like the same tire is still there and they're not doing the b version enough um as they need to but we'll we'll send this uh episode and uh, other previous episodes to royal caribbean as a as a reminder that maybe someone should go fix the heavyset layer for them well i remember the lore was that the ship was built around the tire and in order to get the tire out, I, I mean, don't quote me on this. I mean, I know I'm on a podcast, but I mean, this may not be true. But I, the lore around the the ship was that when the Oasis of the Seas was built, it was built around the tire, meaning the tire was in before the hull of the ship was placed. So in order to get the tire out, you'd have to cut a hole in the hull wow. of the ship. I don't know if that's true, but that was the legend. I, lo- I love the legend <laughs> of that. that. For what it is. That is so great <laughs> that there's just like this whole like extra layer to it. I mean, I kind of, I've been fascinated by the fact that it's run for that this long because it does seem like, I mean, it is a show that's mm. been running for 40 plus years. So it's like, it's the right show to be doing that. But it is like a cruise ship is very dynamic usually in the sense of like, we've got mm. a theater and we can put whatever we want in there and we've got this and we can change the channel on the big screen TV. And this is now hearing that there's, whether it's factual or not, I don't know if we'll ever get a true answer, but the fact that an entire set design was built around the ship um, is commitment that this show is going to run on that cruise ship for as long as that cruise ship goes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that is super fun. Um, there's another piece that I've kind of found super interesting on the cruise ship version is, is that because it's, I think you, you do it twice, right? Or one or two times per group. That means you have other responsibilities on the ship. And there seems to be some like differences and fun between the cast because singers had a different um, idea than dancers. And then there's ensemble versus like the main um, singing cats. So what was that like? And was there any like challenges with that by having such kind of like a, a, a diverse set of jobs you had to do, but that varied heavily amongst your cast? Yes, I had the, uh, the least amount of duties to do on that ship again the the theory was that the woman who played jelly on cast one was a west end west end like dame and had said i'm not doing this i'm not doing this i'm not doing this and i'm not doing that uh and if you want me you will remove these duties i will not be doing them and they uh conceded and so therefore every following jelly had that same track so i just did we did three shows a week i believe it might have been saturday sunday monday i think so the cruise uh the turnaround day was saturday 
So we did day one of the cruise, day two, and day three, I believe, if I remember correctly, which I might not be. Um, and then we did, um, I did uh, a jazz set with our old dude and a Broadway set with old dude, Grizz, me, and the Gus in um, one of the venues called Jazz on Four, which was much more of a 54 below type space. If, you, if you're if you a New Yorker, you know what I'm talking about. It's kind of like a, a cushy cabaret space. Um, and that was it. I didn't have to do passenger drill. I didn't have to light or costume or do anything anything else i had a four-day week and then i spent the rest of the time in my very beautiful cabin um, with a giant porthole i definitely had one of the highest uh like um the the best gigs on the ship um but the others weren't so lucky and i was very aware of that and it was just really unfair. I thought it was really unfair because um, especially the dancers, because the dancers had to room with someone below water level um, and they had to do so much more. They had a parade that they had to do. Um, they had to do crew duties for all the other shows. Um, even my other fellow singers, there was another set um called in concert exclamation point which was mostly like 70s rock um in one of the venues called dazzles and i was not a part of that which i was actually really bummed about i i wanted to do it because that's one of my favorite um decades of rock so i went to see it almost every week because <laughs> i wanted to be in it so badly <laughs> um but yeah so i definitely had had um a pretty cushy contract i love and, and it's, it's others so, did not yeah it's so interesting to hear you yeah. say that because <laughs> there's i have talked to dancers and there was i wouldn't say animosity because i think like the cast is still all like you know you you kind of have to become friends because you kind of climb all of each other for you know three nights a week but <laughs> but I, it was it was more of the like oh okay i have like different responsibilities based off of your, mostly your skill set of what you're being assigned to do and you're signing for a contract, but it's cool to know. And, and I now I'll, I'll, I'll pass this along everyone listening. If you are a jelly or a de desire to be a jelly, it seems like hopefully that still seems to be the, the cush version of the job, the princess track for, for anybody that wants to go on Royal Caribbean. Um, and it's cause it's grand, <laughs> grandfathered in basically at this, uh, this like, you know, um, mm -hmm. that's, that's super interesting. I never really heard that story and I mean I don't know if it's still still the case but it's kind of a unique lore another lore of the show that kind of lives on I hope you're having a jellical ball we'll be right back after this quick break another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to shift to some cat like backstories and theories because even though you were jelly, I know that you did understudy for Jenny and Grisabella, um, or you you know you kind of were able to go mm-hmm. on for all three. And so I want to hear just a little bit about what were your backstories for these cats? Like what did you have to add to what you were told, or what did you think about starting with Jelly? Of like this is what is I need to play as her every night to give the depth of the character beyond what was given to you. Okay. Um, Jelly. Starting with Jelly. Um, There wasn't much... um, I actually have what I was given. I have my piece of paper with my, my words, practical, cheery, busy. And I also have my little paragraph. So Jelly Lorem is an adult cat who, like Jenny Anydots, looks after the kittens and keeps them in line. She is a caretaker for Gus. They have a long history together. She takes great pride and finds purpose in her role as caretaker. She seems to anticipate Gus's every need and thought. That connection is instant, without thought, and from a place of great love. So that's what I had to start with. Is that all you were given? And from that... Is that paragraph in the three words? literally it. That's it? That's it. Incredible. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I mean, but we were encouraged to make stuff up. We were encouraged to to talk to each other, my Gus and I, about our relationship. And what I decided was that I had been Gus's wardrobe intern, if you will, um, when he was in the theater. So deep love of theater deep admiration for him as an actor, um, but was behind the scenes. So I made sure that he was groomed and ready to go on stage. Um, And then when he started to take a turn, clearly started losing his memories, clearly started um, experiencing some sort of, you know, the, the palsy that he had and the possible dementia. You know, I started taking care of him. I moved out of the theater and started um, daily personal care um so yeah um that is that was i love it um yeah i love i love the wardrobe <laughs> intern because i've always like i always felt nurse you know like nurse was the very common like this is what mm-hmm. i just assume and it's kind of where i think you said you got to with with gus but it's like no i started as like assistant where i'm just making sure in his heyday when he was a superstar that you were that you were still you know, around and kind of working with him. So that's, I am, I still can't get over the fact that you were given like eight sentences and three words and it was like, and fill in the blanks and go, um, which is (laughs) not that uncommon. And that's where, I mean, really where this podcast continues is because, because there's such few, like there, there's just not enough details that's given across the board. I get almost a different answer from everyone. Now it's within the same world, but I get a slightly different, like I've never heard wardrobe intern and I love that. And it's like super fun and it fits within yeah. kind of what she could be. Um, 
but it is kind of unique that you're not given that much more uh, and you have to go on every night and essentially embody and embrace this character and sing passionately, especially for Gus, that you have to kind of come up with what the two of yours relationship is going to be so you can both play that. Mm-hmm. What about I had a great time doing it. What about Jenny and Grace? Like that's the creative part. Yeah. Uh, Jenny. Well, part of <laughs> I didn't do much thinking about Jenny because my track as covering Jenny was Jelly Any Dots. So I didn't leave Jelly behind. I just added all of Jenny's stuff and the Jenny did vice versa. So the Jenny was Jenny Lorem. <laughs> we actually gave them names uh, because she, when I was out, which I was out a show and a half and she was out for two shows. So we both had to cover for each other at least once. Um, and it was exhausting. Did you change say. costumes? <laughs> I did. I did the the change into um, the the Jenny big poofy thing, um, which was very difficult, um, especially because I wasn't used to it. Uh, <laughs> but I did. I had to do that quick change. I believe I had to leave the stage earlier than I would have had for Jelly. Yeah. Did you um, do all the makeup and the but, whole but, like yeah, the whole so, switch? No, I did not have to change my makeup. Um, the the Jenny and the Jelly makeup is close enough to each other that I didn't have to do any any changes at all. It matches okay. Jenny's thing. Okay. Um, so I just I was basically Jelly Lorem until I had to be Jenny Any Dots, and then I just went back to my Jelly track and and I might change my position on stage to kind of fill in where where jenny was missing um but for the most part i just i just stuck with my jelly uh uh, my jelly backstory did you Um, what about for grizz did you do uh was it uh what would be jelly bella is that how we would do it did you did you do no no i didn't totally separate yeah i actually never went on for grizz um i uh we had this wonderful Grizz. Her name is Laura Stracco, like beautiful, beautiful human being inside and out. Um, and she never had to call out. Um, and which is lucky for me because I would have probably, you know, peed myself a little bit if I had to go on for Grizz, but (laughs) so I didn't have to go on. Um, I know that a lot of the folks on the podcast and and we were certainly directed this way um was that grizz had like gone on uh, gone on to join mccavity um and that's why we were all mad at her but i never really like bought that um so for me grizz was just a person who had like a marilyn monroe or a judy garland who was just so very talented, just so very beautiful and just so very loved and had gone down a dark and twisty path and a sad path. Um, but I didn't, I didn't really like the, the McCavity thing never really resonated for me. So I, I let it in a little, but it wasn't 
the main focus of my show. Yeah. And this is where it gets back to there's some parts to what is like, I think the the universal acceptance is that Grisbell left the tribe and what she did in that time was probably yes. not great. And there's some hesitancy to let her back. Now, was that McCavity? Maybe. Was that something else? Maybe I, I can tell you my jelly Grizz, um, plus for Jones theory, which I know is purely made up by me and not oh. actually at all created anywhere. But as I was trying to like figure out these different things, there was a friendship between Grizabella, Jenny, and Buster Jones. There seemed to be like the three of them were friends. And so I kind of always thought it'd be fun if the animosity of Grizabella was not that she left to go with McCavity, but that she basically cheated like Jenny, or sorry, Jelly and Bustifer were together and Grizabella stole Jelly's man as she was interning oh. with Gus and doing her stuff with Gus. And now she's, you know, when she comes back, it's like, oh, oh she's back, her again. And you haven't fully forgiven her. And then now you <laughs> forgive her and that's kind of the end. And that's why, you know, you, you kind of embrace her again. It's like, oh, I miss my friend. But that's the that's the forgiveness, yeah. um, which I know has no merit of okay. truth, but I kind of <laughs> like as a fun story. Yeah, I mean, that is really interesting, and I like that interpretation a lot. That's not at all what I played. Um, I don't think anybody plays it that I way. I played... <laughs> I mean, you could. That's the that's the beauty of the show, is that there are very strict parameters in certain things, but there are other things where it's you just go wild. Like, have fun. Enjoy. Um, but for me, my jelly was owned, and she had been fixed. Uh, so she was not interested in any boy cats whatsoever. And she didn't have any kittens of her own. So she was Aunt Jelly. And Bustopher Jones was Jenny's. And it was a big source of teasing um, that that Jelly would tease her best friend Jenny for just falling over Bustopher Jones. Like in a, in a, in a loving way like she jenny or sorry jelly loved that jenny was like completely enamored by bustifer she thought it was cute and she thought it was funny that's fun i have not i don't think i've heard that one as before. far as grizz is concerned yeah <laughs> that was i you know like i said you kind of um you get to play you get to make it up as you go along and this was certainly not fully formed like day one of rehearsal this is how the cast dynamic uh revealed itself as we went through um yeah we just decided that most of the kittens were jenny's because she's just the motherly cat and it was you know all of our kittens were like hey mom yeah hi uh, yeah it's it's jenny's and, a mom and, and i think you can get a little of like if you want to have mm -hmm. a darker version you can have grizabella be mom of a couple of them too and it's like the abandonment piece of maybe demeter Death. or maybe victoria or something like that but it, you're you're exactly right which is mm -hmm. there's just not a lot given there's not enough spoken word yeah. of this there's not enough like true direction like you you read the whole paragraph you were given like you you read that in three mm -hmm. you know 30 seconds yeah. or less you have to fill in the blanks and so it does become your cast mage you, you know that you become friends with and people who are on off and and i've even seen like as i've talked to more people it's like people are friends before they become on the show together and those cats aren't supposed to be friendly mm -hmm. and it's like just hard for them not to have chemistry on stage because they have chemistry off stage and that's how some of these these headcanons and these kind of lore start which is what allows me to make up stuff all the way in between which is what i have absolutely loved about this 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, I want to do some rapid fire. So I want to ask a sure. couple kind of quick questions before we get into the, you know, of course, the, the important question. Um, so the first one is, if you could go on <laughs> for one night, who would you want to perform as for any cat? Male, female, forget if you vocal range or anything. Just if you had one free night to go on and say, I want to do that track, who would you want to be? Oh, God. If I were 10 years younger, Rumple. <laughs> okay. It's just such a fun number. Yeah. I love it. I love the cartwheels. I love the, the like, the song is so cute. Rumple, 100%. Love it. Who are your favorite and least favorite cats? <laughs> oh, God. Um, as Jackie. As Jackie, yes. Uh, Gus. Gus. Gus is my favorite. That's a I just jelly have answer, a soft not a Jackie answer. Him. I know. Well, but I, I, I definitely identify with Jelly. There's a lot of me in Jelly, and there's a lot of Jelly in me. <laughs> what about least favorite? So yeah, I mean, least favorite. Oh God, that's so hard. Um, I love them all. Uh, I don't know. Um, maybe Plato. Plato was kind of eh. It's not that I liked or disliked i just didn't have any opinions so yeah plato okay what is your favorite song there, from the show oh god um <laughs> my favorite song to sing was definitely addressing my favorite song to do and this is probably extremely controversial <laughs> but i loved doing peaks in the pollicles because it was just so dumb <laughs> It was so unhinged. <laughs> and yeah. And I liked making everybody laugh. I I, I love that. I don't, you might be the only one that has said that. Um, so I love, I love that, I you, I am. that you, you're, that you love it. It's, at least, you know, you know, you know, it's controversial. You know it and you still you own it. That's the way to do it. Um, which cat would be the best cruise director? Oh God. Ugh. I mean, Tucker would definitely be the like carnival cruise line director. <laughs> I feel like he would be on the party boats. Um, I also did another cruise line, which was a high luxury cruise line. And I think, hmm, let me think. Oh God, I want to say Skimble, but, I, but also Misto for one of those. Because, like, Misto is so sparkly. Yeah. And he's got the magic tricks. And, like, the cruise director's got to be, like, pa, 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 pa. Like, always got to be entertaining. I feel like, yeah. I, here's how Maybe I Maybe Misto would be the, the kind of, like... I, I placed people in different sure. positions for this boat. So I do think that the two I thought were best were exactly your point, which is Tugger or Mistopheles. I think those are the two that have the the personality yeah. to have the mic all day, which is like basically what you need to do as a cruise director, right? Mm. And I love that you say that Tugger would be carnival because yeah. that's very, as someone who's been on a carnival cruise, that is correct. Uh, that is fitting. Uh, and that made me laugh a lot more than I was expecting <laughs> to. Um, I, I think Bustafer is running the food in the back and I think he's running kind of the luxury oh, yeah. stuff in the back I think Skimble's actually like <laughs> steering the ship with Monkey's Trap like, I think the two of them are making sure everything's on time oh, the yeah. stuff is running in order um, and that like that they're not you're not going to crash like those are the two I think are together in charge oh you know what yeah you're right I think Skimble would make an excellent captain and then maybe Monk would be let me think I don't I don't Monk would definitely be up there somewhere mm -hmm. um 
maybe staff captain. He would be staff captain. He would be in charge of the people, like the actual humans working on the ship. Yeah, I've got a few more. If that I makes think, any sense. I think Jelly's doing daycare and running <laughs> sure. the, like water aerobics for all the like older people doing the you know the the stuff in the back. I think Jenny's also probably doing yes. some type of like daycare motherly parenting. And I think you've got oh, you've got Mungo Jerry and Ripple Teaser running around stealing stuff from around the boat for McCavity. Absolutely. And then I think Bomb and Demeter are doing your dance. They're your dance numbers. They're the ones that are kind of like doing all the dance behind the scenes and um, keeping everybody energetic and like running the the yoga and the gym and all that type of stuff. I love that. No notes. 100%. (laughs) This is what happens when you spend way too much time thinking about one particular musical for this podcast is you become able to stick them in any situation. Yes. Um, Okay. It's amazing. Million dollar question. Uh, I already get length that I don't think Grisabelle is the right jokeful choice. So as a jelly or, but really more as Jackie, how do you interpret this? Like, are you going to defend Grisabelle or are you going to choose another jokeful choice? Oh, absolutely not. I am team Gus all the way. No questions whatsoever. Team Gus, team Gus, team Gus. Again, Gus was my favorite as a kid like Gus and Rumple were my two favorites and I just yeah team Gus I mean as as Jelly um also Gus for clear reasons but I like in the in the like let's say the religion of cats like in the world of cats um I kind I mean I made this up like just to justify my choices um in my own head um, that like the heavy side layer is this special kind of death into reincarnation. Um, whereas, you know, most cats just, they, they pass and that's it. Um, there's nothing beyond that and they, they just go. So I was always team Gus as Jelly and Jackie, um, because, he had lived such a good life, but selfishly, Jelly wanted him to come back. She did not want to say goodbye to him yet. She was not ready for that. She wanted Gus to be chosen to go to the heavy side layer so he could come back to her and they could continue to live together and be together. Um, whereas Grizz, I think Jelly was like, eh, you know, she she lost her chance. She wasted her chance. She you know, she, she had a gift and she tossed it away. I, um, I, I really love I, that because I love the like <laughs> that is a rebirth. You know, there's like the dark version of cats where it's mm-hmm. like a you know, serial killer old, old Deuteronomy knocking one off every, every year, just taking them, somebody out. But I do think there's like, there's usually, and I don't think you had it on the boat because there was just not as many ensemble characters, but there's usually a baby Grizz and there's usually, mm-hmm. it's actually Gus's character in the 2016 revival was Pete was called Peter where he danced at the beginning. So my only, my only challenge with that is that like, I don't oh. want, I want Gus to come back, not Peter. Um, but I do think like, I love that. Hey, the full circle of like, I'm not ready for him to leave. I'm ready for this version of Gus to come. And you want to almost start over with your friend that you've been with through all the years, which is, which yeah. is great. How do you then, um, cause now that you've given me the non Grisabella answer, how did you <laughs> on stage every day sell yourself as Joey 
to choose Grizabella? Like what was the, what was the, the thought process for you that to like justify her being chosen every night? Oh, I mean, <laughs> well, as we staged it, as we did it. Um, so my dude was Doug Eskew um, and he was incredible. Um, so Doug actually was motioning to choose Gus. I was positioned next to Gus. Gus was on a stool and Doug made the motion with his hand to choose Gus as the Jellicle choice and in walks Grizz and the music plays and um, Stanley, the individual who played Gus and I were just devastated inconsolable extremely upset that she's walked in and interrupted the moment and things are changing and oh god what's going to happen um and how i justified it as jelly was that was okay well gus has lived a good life he's he's done so much he's left a legacy of this beautiful art that he's made um and i guess I am being selfish and wanting him to be chosen. Um, I don't think he's going to make it to next year, but, you know, I realize that that choice is a selfish one and this is what's going to happen. And I have to be okay with that. <laughs> Jelly is too good of a person for this tribe is really what this boils down to. Uh, as, as you hear all these <laughs> other characters that have like very problematic backstories or like very challenging, unique things. And then you get this like very wholesome Jelly who's like completely given everything up for this other character and cat. And then to even like hear you say that is like, ah, I, I just, I, I knew like I, I, I got to do what's best for the whole group. And that's this, that's not what's best for me is like, that is a very jelly, like that's the jelly answer, which is what's so like why I wanted to hear kind of your take on it because it's so unique to hear how everyone processes that. And you got that all from one paragraph. <laughs> Again, it didn't, it, it, it took some time to evolve. Um, you know, the first few weeks of rehearsal was just getting the steps, uh, honestly. It was like, ah, <laughs> this is so hard. Um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a dancer, but like I'm an aging dancer. <laughs> And learning the steps and my knees and my hips and my back were not terribly happy with me. But um, again, this this took some time to kind of figure out and evolve. And even up to the last day of of uh, performances, I was still trying to figure out new things and like decide on stuff. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Well, this has been so fun. Um, thank you so much for uh, for humoring me and giving us uh, great stories and answers and some things I never heard. How can people stay in touch with you on social media and kind of keep up with what you're doing? Oh, sure. Um, my Instagram is Jackie Good. Um, it's J-A-C-K-E-Y-G-O-O-D. My mother agonized over the spelling of my name four months <laughs> so it is odd j-a-c-k-e-y-g-o-o-d and that's that's the best way amazing i'm most active on instagram <laughs> amazing well again thank you so much for being an amazing guest okay.
Oh, thank you. Thank you. This is great. Brought back lots of amazing memories. I love it. Uh, and thanks everyone else yeah. for listening to this episode of The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the cat catastrophe. To follow along, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else to listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at The Wrong Cat Died, or check out our website, thewrongcatdied.com. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.